Summer specials, courtesy of Triple M's Rush Hour. We're on break at the moment, but we didn't want to leave you on your lonesome, especially when we can talk about perineums. Today, we are rolling out stuff from uh, the best parts of 2023. And today, we uh, want to share with you some of the best guests that we've had on the show Ooh, this year. Ooh, we've had some crackers. Well, our wall of fame, Lisa, which you are tending to like a, a gardener, just mm. taking immaculate care, is our wall of fame is all the Polaroid pictures we've taken of all the guests that have joined us in studio. And there have been so, so many. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but today is a special category of guests, music acts, Bex rock stars oh. that have joined us in studio. Oh, we had Silverchair. Silverchair, the boys. Yes. Oh, I reckon... Um we had Silverchair. Mm-hmm. We also had the Busby, Angel, the Busby Angels, Maru. Busby Maru. Angels, Busby Maru. Mm, Your mate, Darren Middleton. Oh, oh Darren Middleton, uh, yes. Head of the Powderfinger. Uh, what, was it? what are they celebrating, 30 years? Uh, no. T- 25 years? Since Vulture Street. Maybe. Darren Middleton joins yep. us. Uh, and we, I mean... In oh, excess, Gary um, Gary Beers. Nathan Cavalieri. Nathan Cavalieri. Oh, we have one been of my favorites. blessed with music acts that have joined us uh, here on Triple M's Rush Hour. And today we want to celebrate those rock stars. We are a rock station after all. Here is the best of our rock star guests for 2023. We've got some friends in the studio, Dobbo. Yeah, we certainly have. Do you know I first heard of these guys on Triple M many, many years ago. They had a song called Abigail. Mm. Um, and I reckon <laughs> 2012 I'm driving in on a Saturday morning and Triple M were playing. I mean, they've done the full circle, I'll say that, um, but uh, it's Buzz Me Roo and Rockhampton boys just done good. Hello, boys. Gentlemen, How welcome. <laughs> yeah, hey, thanks for having us. Oh, this Tom is exciting. Jess, unbelievable, mate. I mean, you're back, boys. You're back on Triple M, back in here. We're back. We've got to bring that song back, too. <laughs> we haven't played that for a few years. <laughs> you even remember it? you remember every song you guys have written? Some people were calling out the last few gigs and we had to um, stumble our way through it. Remember that, Jeremy? I, 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 must, I messed that up, but we'll bring it back for the big tour. Yeah, cool. Uh, the new fifth, the, the new album is out, though. Came out last week. Blood Red. Every album, I imagine, is a different journey. What was this journey like for Blood Red? This was a great one, actually. <laughs> we took our time. We were all in lo- well, the world was in lockdown, and we we probably spent two years recording it. Um, we didn't do it the old-fashioned way. We go into a studio. We got Airbnbs up in Port Douglas and oh. Cairns and. <laughs> Where else? Mulaney. Hey, we just chose Great the best spots in Queensland. <laughs> Great Cape Island. And we just got these massive Airbnbs, set the studio up and recorded. Yeah. I love such <laughs> a did. great opportunity to see not only just our beautiful state of ours, but the beautiful country. What's been your favourite part so far? Of the recording process? Of the recording process. Yeah. Oh, look, it's really hard because, you, you know, we, Great Cape Island is one of the best places in the world. And it's kind of like our backyard growing up in Rocky. But we went there for a week and just to see what happened, you know, so there was no pressure. You didn't have to walk out there at the end of the week to get a song, but because of that non-pressure that we put on ourselves, we got to live it up around the campfire every night and have a few beers. And and to be honest, that's probably where most of the magic actually happened, you know. We ended up with heaps of songs out of that session. So I, I'm going to go that one for me. Jez, a few campfires and beers. I mean, that's your bread and butter, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a normal. I, was, I forget who was mentioning it the other day, but a lot of big bands campfire test their songs Yeah, where they got these songs and you can throw everything mm. at the wall but if the song sounds good with a couple of guitars and around a campfire you know, I love it's, it. you know it's a good song so that's our excuse people who don't know Busby Maroo if you've watched TV I mean the greatest milking cow of all milking cows <laughs> is when they got the Tourism Queensland yes. ad like if you, see, if you hear these guys if you watch the Tourism Queensland <laughs> yeah. ad here they are mate and I mean Bigger it's than just Lara the gift that keeps on giving you know when the cow goes into the dairy and out comes the yeah. milk every time I see it I go these boys are 
got the poor out, we're all. No, I just, yeah, we'd be good if they kicked that on again another 12 months at least. Either that or write a jingle for a car. If a car if a car company picks up one of your tunes as well, that's when you know. Yeah, we can roll off. How did that come about? Like, I mean, did you get a couple of free holidays when it all went down? Like, it was a bloody good campaign. It was a big campaign and it stretched out of a few years too, but we got to go to all these locations. Is that And we were treated like... Mel Gibson. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I can say Which, this. Well, it, it all came about thanks to Elton John, actually. Oh. Um, I'll just pick we, that name up that Tom's yeah. just dropped on the floor there. <laughs> we, did a, we did a big tour supporting him, but we played in the biggest shows we've ever done, just the two of us. And we played in front of what well, was Mackay was the first show. We didn't think anything of it. We was like, this is great. We just get to play. And then the footy, footy was on the final. Yeah. So we'd sneak off and watch the footy, go to the next gig. It's pretty easy. Elton John was the star. We didn't have to do much. But then as a result, there was the, I think the Queensland tourism guys were there and either had never heard of us and they heard that we're from Queensland supporting Elton John and Blackfell and a white fella and they sounded sunshiny and then the uh, clever advertising company got wind that they liked us and so they, without our knowledge, created a pitch to go (gasps) with Busby Maru in Queensland and all of a sudden, we're in, locked in, before we even knew about it. And so oh. we hadn't. We thought it was a load of garbage. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Okay, because I think it was Lara Bingle or something was the last yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, she, what I've has heard, she done since? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard Elton was filthy. He didn't get that gig. Yeah. He was yeah. really yeah. For the, Did you meet Elton on the tour? I'm imagining you got to spend a bit of time with well, the man. Funny about that Mackay show, actually. <laughs> we we met him a couple of times in passing. Hey, boys, I'm going to come. I'm going to come say good day. This particular night. We finished the gig. Broncos were playing uh, Melbourne Storm in a major semi, so we just left straight away. <laughs> Sorry, Elton, can't chat. Elton, come back. We, we talked to the boys next day, like, Elton John, come to your dressing room. We missed Look, it. And Where to, are to say you? good day, we had a beer with him, for our crew. Broncos lost. Well, Broncos too. lost. Oh, beer. that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> you brushed Elton for the Bronx. I yeah. can understand, Tom. I get it. I get where, you know, where your loyalties were at that stage. But, Jez, seriously, <laughs> you're not even a Broncos supporter, are you? Oh, yeah. I, I still remember Corey Parker missing a kick from just oh, off the front. No. <laughs> to that game. Bloody Cosa. The passion for music, you've made it your job. Where did the love for the Broncos start? When did it? Do you remember when you, you fell in love? Yeah, Rocky. Rocky. Rockhampton, yeah, heartland of rugby league. Really. Everyone thought you were going to play for Broncos when you're growing up in Rocky. Yeah. And they came in, you know, when we were only young. And I do remember. I got a photo on the middle of Brown Park with Elfie Langer. Is that when right? I was a little fellow, oh, I had a Langer kidding? jersey on and made the back page of the morning bulletin. Is that right? Oh. Tom meets hero Elf. Tom's oh. brothers. Tom's <laughs> brothers um, were legendary rugby league and rugby union players in mm-hmm. Rockhampton. I had one run over the top of me, his brother Mick, <laughs> in a grand final, and also. Mate, when your brother-in-law, Paul White, becomes the CEO yeah. of the Broncos, oh. I mean, all all things come, like, you would have just been cheering. Oh, yeah, it's all Broncos. It's all Broncos. I mean, the next time I met Alfie Langer was at City Rowers, I think, and um, we were uh, really hanging up the footy boots Six and more to play songs. Music. Yeah. Six yeah. more songs. Six more yeah. songs. I mean, the Broncos are amazing, but the Dolphins have had just the best first start. Any love for the Dolphins? Not from me, but oh. Jeremy. Oh, no, I, yeah, I definitely. They yeah. quickly become my second team. Mm, okay. That's good. Yeah. The album. Let's talk a little bit. We could sit here Nothing. and talk footy with you all day. Let's, let's talk a little bit. Of, let's talk a little bit of music with you. The album. It is out. Uh, Blood Red. You can go and grab it now. Here's a little bit of from one of the singles that's already been released as well. This one's called Conversations. Conversations. 
any song that brings a, any that song that so brings nice. a whistle in. <laughs> yes. Anything that you Who can. Who was it? You jazz whistling? No, I can't yeah. do that. You <laughs> talk. It's the only thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. When you get to the stage where you're releasing the album, you guys, I mean, I I shudder to think what number listen that is to conversations for you. Like. It, do you get sick of the songs? Like, is it? Are you, can you objectively listen to it and appreciate the finished product now? Yeah, I, I was actually just uh, yeah. listening then, going, oh, I can't remember there being a hi hat there. <laughs> I, I remember to play that with a band tomorrow night. Yeah, <laughs> um, you do. Yeah, I. It's all fresh to us and new, and like it's been two years. Our whole families, poor families, they've been listening to this album for that long, and <laughs> the girls have been really desperately wanting to put Taylor Swift on, and I refuse oh, to yeah, do that during the album do that. Yeah. release week. But- um, <laughs> You've been everywhere and you've done so many interviews. I saw the John Farnham documentary and he had a lot of struggle throughout his life and I didn't realise he had so many struggles. Did you as a band struggle at all? Because oh, you're so popular. I've got to say we, we're pretty, pr- probably lucky because we didn't know we were going to do this for a living. Oh, great. And if we had of... If we had have known, I think we would have put all that pressure on us that, hang on, this has got to, this has got to turn out. This has got to turn out, but... We, it organically just started happening, but look, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. I got some advice from Paul Kelly's manager once that made us feel great because obviously he's our biggest, um, you know, Australian inspiration in terms of what he does. He's a long-term career artist and you're always looking at ticket sales now and how's your album going and this that little thing hovering over, you know, it used to be just the best thing ever. It's so good. Life is great and what we get to do this for a living, but now you're we're professional and, you know, there's other little things that can make you a bit cynical and make you worried <laughs> and anxious like any job. But he said, you know, he's like, Paul Kelly always, always had to grind to get to 70 to 80% of ticket sales. Always, always, even up to recently. And even when he was still this legendary household name, but he just do- does, didn't stop. He didn't let, you know, influences outside bother him. He just worried about his own backyard. And so taking that on board, knowing that the guy that we look up to still, you know, it's not still not yeah. easy, um, makes us think, okay, we could have a long-term career if we if we stick to it. Just grind. Amazing. Grind. I love that. You understand that, Dobby. You just mate, grind. That's just, what I do, yeah. mate. Bread and butter. Yeah. Grind in and out. <laughs> uh, the album is called Blood Red. It is out now. Uh, Tom, Jez, Busby, Maru. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and visiting us here on the Rush Hour, and we really appreciate your time. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Lisa Jones, you understand what comes with being a very young person in the national spotlight. Yes, I do, from the age of 14. Age of being, 14. Yes. Mm. We've got someone in the studio who trumps you. Far younger. Who trumps you. Far younger. <laughs> we are joined in studio by a man who, I want to say, at the age of eight, Nathan Cavalieri. Welcome, Nathan, to the, Thank you. To the Thank Triple you M Rush Hour. Me. Yeah, yeah. How old were you when you broke out? It was probably between seven or eight years old. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. When, when we got told <laughs> that we had the opportunity to interview Nathan Cavalieri, I was yeah. like straight away, well, I'm 47. I remember watching you on Hey <laughs> yeah. Hey Saturday. Yeah, I yeah. actually remember... You you going there as nervous as nervous and absolutely belting out Absol- tunes. Um, hey hey was like this this little home because you go out and experience life and it was like when Daryl reached out to me and he gave me all the the episodes that I was on. 
there was like 12 or 13 in oh. it. So each time I'd go and experience a bit of life, they'd always welcome me back to talk about it. And, yeah. you know, it was a real special thing. So obviously you started playing guitar from a very young age. If yeah, you were yeah. already performing at eight, what age did you start? I picked up my first guitar at three. Like it was kind of like a three-quarter size. If you ask my parents, my ability was not natural, but my passion was. We talked about earlier just about some of the huge names that were a part of Hey Hey. And, and we're going to get to you, obviously, you're performing at Fortitude Valley. And who was it that pinch me moment now that you go back and think about, gee whiz, I got to meet that person or play? Oh, I would, um, I, I, I'd probably say B.B. King or Very Michael cool. Jackson. Very cool, Mr. Yeah, 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 there it is. <laughs> I didn't really know who, like, what a big deal it was to play with these. Like, I mean, I was on stage with Edda James and, and Bonnie Raid, and mm-hmm. I didn't really know who they were. And But I learned from it because I wasn't starstruck. You know, I was, you know, excited about presenting a, a, an award, an Australian Music Award with Pamela Anderson. You know, yeah. that was what, what was <laughs> on my mind. Did you present a... Yeah, yeah, oh. up, up in uh, the Gold Coast when, back in the day when they had the AMAs at, um, uh, what do you call it? Theme Park World. Yeah, yeah. Movie yeah. World. Yeah, yeah. So hold on. Uh, we're Dream World, Dream World. Dream World. We're going to get back to all that. Talk me through that. You were, how old were you when this is happening? Uh, old enough to old appreciate enough it. To appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> old enough to appreciate it. Did you know you were presenting with it or you, did yeah, you found out on the night? Yeah, I and I was terrified. I mean, I had a poster of her up on my wall. And, As did everybody. And, uh, uh, damn. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> was she all right? <laughs> she was great. Yeah, a really cool girl. Yeah, absolutely. Can we go back to the Michael Jackson meeting as well? Like, when did you – like, that's this is well, the I king was, of pop. Yeah, so I was signed to Michael Jackson's label um, uh, and – yeah, the, we signed to him. We, it was it was either Prince or Madonna's label, and we went with Michael's because it was uh, creative control. Sorry, and you had the choice of Prince, <laughs> yeah. Madonna, or Michael Jackson. <laughs> Again, I didn't labels. know who Prince was either, yeah. and and uh, yeah, we went with with Michael, and you know, a really great record company, a lot of heart, respected family values as well, because my family wanted to yeah. keep us all together, and and uh, and I, I did two albums under under his label. One was released, one wasn't. I mean, the the one that wasn't had Aaron Neville on it, and wow. a lot of amazing um, artists. But uh, and it happened at an unfortunate time because that was also the first of when the allegations came out. Yeah. I was twelve years old, and so the record company just didn't want me to get swept up in any mm. of that and but you know i met him a couple of times i performed with him in new york and he passed out right next to me um and the gig got cancelled so Holy yeah why you're playing he yeah. passes out yeah we're playing black and white together and and uh he he hit the ground and i thought he was doing a, a james brown you know like yeah. Yeah. And, and and people would come up and help him up and he was gone and security rushed and took him away Jeez. on a stretcher and that was the probably the first time as a kid i'd seen the darker side of fame, you know, like mm. it just, I mean, he was just not healthy mentally, physically. How old were you when you were performing with Michael Jackson? That, uh, I think that would have been maybe 13. Realistically, yeah. you look at kids now, at 13, I'm at boarding school in Sydney. At 13, you're playing with Michael Jackson. Mm. At some point, you become an adult. Yeah. You still got to pay bills. You're yeah. still performing. You're performing at four awesome spots. But yeah. How do you cross over from that stardom and and mm. what what I I knew you, you were famous when mm. I when I knew you and uh, on TV I'd seen you to today how how does that transition happen and you stay humble and you still playing yeah you're still I mean humble I grew up in Southwest Sydney so <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it uh, came from my upbringing as well I'm really appreciative of of the experiences that I had it was also everyday life but I mean I was I was doing a lot of that while I was battling leukemia as well so. Mm. Um, I had a lot of struggles and mental health struggles much later in life, but I had a big long break. I mean, I ended up 
Bricky's laboring for I was a while. Say, you got to trade. Yeah. Is and, that right? Yeah, yeah. And then just while I wanted to search, you know, for what I wanted to do, and 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 it took some time, <laughs> a while yeah. actually. It all kicked off so young that I I didn't. It was just everyday life to me. I didn't know any better. Was this a bit like you, Lisa? Like I know, I know you've been. You were your first Olympics. You were a fourteen-year-old in two thousand. Mm. Was that a bit like it was just what you knew? You didn't yeah, know. Yeah, you any don't different, know any different. different. You just go along with everybody else that's doing the same thing. Yeah. But but Nathan, with leukemia, that's obviously a very serious diagnosis. Mm. What did that teach you about life? I probably taught me more later. What I learned later was was how important purpose was during that period. Is like. Uh, whilst a lot of people thought that it was an incredible amount of pressure for me to be going out, performing and all that type of stuff, that was my fuel. That was my fire. That's, that gave me something to look forward to. And, and b- battling more sort of mental health struggles later in life, I realised how important it is to have that purpose, that reason to kind of move through, even if you don't know what's going to happen. And I felt like by default I had that, yeah. you know, meeting Martin Offler when Starlight Foundation gave mm, me that wish. God. That was a reason for me to get up in the morning and deal with all the pain throughout the day and all that, you know, what ended up being quite a lot of trauma uh, so that I could meet him or so I could play that gig so Mm. I could go on Hey Hey or whatever it was. Was there Uh, ever a stage where they're at a party and people are there and then you just pick up a guitar and and there'd be (laughs) people and you just say, people say, Play that tune, yeah. You know what's funny is that I've got a lot of mates who just who who love to pick up a guitar at a party. It, there's just so much nerve. Like maybe it's because I, I I grew up playing from a really deep place. Like you know, going through leukemia is how I I I learned how to express myself. You know, like if, through music, right, yeah. in a deep way. It never was like this light-hearted, fun play a number type thing. So I, I've always wondered why I find it so difficult when somebody hands me a, a guitar at a party to play it and to just let loose. And I wish yeah. I could. Is and it because you can't play Wonderwall? <laughs> is that, is that why? Horses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And now uh, we are going the the tour which uh, is underway. Uh, to, you're playing tonight at the Black Bear Lodge in Fortitude yeah. Valley, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, you got other dates as well. You can get tickets for these at NathanCavalieri.com. I just want to play a little bit of. Uh, this new album, yeah. Miracles, which is out yeah. now. Lisa, I reckon we just mentioned Wonderwall. There's a bit of a, uh, there's, I can feel a bit of Oasis in this. This oh, is well, Miracles by Nathan Cavalieri. <laughs> It's so good. Thanks. It's like the Smiths too. Yes. Where did you record this? I recorded it uh, at a a studio that I was working at uh, in Sydney. So, uh, yeah, I recorded it all myself live on Twitch actually. Is that right? Yeah, The gaming platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. The the whole album. Something that didn't exist when you started playing guitar. (laughs) No, No, not at all. And now you're doing that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Are you proud of it? I am really proud of this one because it it did take a a lot to stay true. Like I wanted to create something that was true, which meant I had to face a lot of voices from the past and worried about people's expectations, especially because we, we're sitting outside of blues now. Like, there's still blues roots in this album, but we're definitely going, extending mm. beyond, and I didn't want to let down the blues community that have supported me my whole life, but I, I just had to do 
something that was true. Yeah, mate, you've been awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you guys. Like, I appreciate it. Best of luck with the, with the album and the concert. Yeah. Obviously, tonight, uh, Black Bear Lodge, Fortitude mm-hmm. Valley. Yeah, you can get tickets at the door there yeah, too. Tickets so. at the door. Yeah. Or, but for those future dates as well, uh, you got the Mitchell Creek Rock and Blues Festival um, yeah. at Kandanga, Imperial Hotel in Yamundi. Yeah. And then the Wallaby Creek Festival at yeah. Ross Hill uh, happening next weekend as well. Yeah. Nathan yeah. Cavalieri, oh. an absolute privilege to have you join us Thanks, here. Thanks, guys. Uh, and the album Miracles, out now. Out now. Uh, Everywhere. It's recorded live on Twitch. Go and check it out. Nathan, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We are joined by a founding member of the band who uh, is still leaving uh, footprints all over the music world at the moment. We speak, of course, of the one and only Gary Gary Beers. How are you, Gary? I'm good, guys. How are you? Really good. Thanks so much for being with us. You're I welcome. mean, in excess lives on, and we just talked about it. But I suppose as a, as a young bloke on the northern beaches, I suspect never in your wildest dreams would you have thought that In Excess would have had the the actual success that it has. Oh no! I mean, I mean, you you look at places like you know London and Wembley Stadium and Madison Square Garden in the US, and you, it, it's just a pie in the sky thought. Let alone that you play those places, and let alone headline them and sell them out multiple times. But you know, it, it's it's we just worked our, our butts off and just kept going back and and knocking on the, on the doors until they finally opened up. So. Full credit to us for, for sticking it out, you know. You've been around for so long and so many bands are doing tours again. We've got um, Def Leppard are touring and so wonderful. And it is hard when you when your lead singer passed away so long ago, but Queen had Adam Lambert that did a replacement. Would there be any chance or any possibility that In Excess would ever be able to play again? Uh, didn't take long to get to that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... it's it's a whole, you know, never say never thing. But, I mean, obviously, you know, Tim's had his... Sadly, had his accident with his hand, but mm-hmm. but we're yeah we're we're open to it. But whatever we decide to do, it's got to be really good because we have a legacy to to live up to. And but we lo- all love playing. I mean, you know, we still have our guitars under our beds, and and you know we're ready to go. But I, I just think it's a matter of whatever we do, it's got to be world class in excess level. So. I don't know. We're, we're open to it, but we have no plans, and we'll just see, see how it goes. Yeah. Do the twelve-year-olds understand how cool Dad was back in the day? <laughs> no. No, no, no. I took him to see um, Imagine Dragons, which which was great. I mean, they they have great songs and you know a lot of a lot of whiz bang sort of backing tracks and you know TV screens. But they put on a good show and their songs are good, so I was happy to take them. But it's it's like they they've fallen over bands like In Excess, you know, that Imagine Dragons do. So you know, I don't try, I don't force it on them. That you know, I think more they're friends and tell them that you know your your dad's a pretty big thing. You know, I'm like. <laughs> But I'm, to them, I'm just the, the cranky old bugger that wakes them up in the morning to get to school. You, know? <laughs> you just you know, need so. to tell them you're the OG. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I should, but I'm too humble. As we go through Triple M October uh, month, Gary, we've been looking at, we've been talking about band names and, and how, you know, when it starts out, it doesn't, no band name sounds good because, you know, it's just a name. <laughs> you know, Powderfinger yeah. is a silly name for a band until they become Powderfinger and Silverchair and all the rest of that. How yeah. did NXS come about? It was. Yeah, a roadie was something. Was yeah, it was it was just something that popped up. It, we we didn't really take it seriously at first, but we had to change from the Farris brothers because back then we thought that was the dumbest name in the world. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, it ended up being a really yeah, it's a pretty cool name. Pretty cool Farris. name. It's yeah, like yeah. Diesel. Diesel is the same. The roadie named them, and they thought, That's yeah, right. let's run yeah. with this. That'll do. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah, we just just yeah. All of a sudden, we were on tour with with the Oils for a couple of weeks, and it's like, oh, well, you have to be in excess. Like, okay, great. So we're, we're in excess. We. Picked up a, some kind of new wave kind of look. Tim wearing plastic and Kirk, you know, dyeing his hair black and, you know, I don't know, 
it was just a, a, an odd thing to, for us and, and to go out. But the a big part was going out supporting the oils and learning how it's really done on on you know, on pubs. Oh, Gary, you know. can we just say thank you so much for your wonderful music because it's still so amazing oh, today and Triple yeah. M wouldn't exist without In Excess. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Gary, on a something completely different to music, and I just want to say uh, you just mentioned earlier you've got 12-year-old twins. Now, you wouldn't believe it. I've got seven-month-old twins at this moment later oh. on in life. Mate, what's the secret to staying young? Tell me, is it picking up a bass guitar? Because, brother, if that means huh, I can stay young, I'm going to do that. You know, it's, it is funny because as you get older and I guess all the, the miles I've done and, the, and the, the work I've done on my hands, my hands started to get a bit, you know, not arthritic, but just sore. And then if I play guitar every day, they're fine. So it does help. But yeah. as far as as far as the kids, it, you know, I, I stopped drinking two years ago, like, you know, like a lot of, a lot of people end up doing COVID kind of took a lot out of me, <laughs> I think, and I think the the desire or the, the the need for alcohol was one of them, and so that's part of me trying to keep up with my my young kids. But mate, I don't know. It's it's, it's just a matter of staying young at heart. Gary, uh, Dobbo's heart's not in the greatest nick at the moment. So <laughs> say stay young at heart. We're with you. Uh, Gary Beers, the inventor behind this incredible new line of bass guitars, GGB Basses. And, of course, we can't overestimate his involvement with this incredible Australian band that was in excess. Gary, we really appreciate your time and uh, and best of luck with the bass guitars. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Everyone look out for you know, ggbbasses.com. That's the website. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be back soon you know, playing them, hopefully.